thank you everybody for coming. It's it's so great to have a nice a nice crowd. Um, so why don't why don't we get started? Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, uh, November third. 2017, and as everyone knows, from now on, we're going to meet on the first Friday of each month, Um, and tonight we're discussing what actually turned out to be one of my favorite books of the whole year that I've read, um, Laurie Frankel's uh, This Is How It Always Is. Um, so let me just give you a little information about the author, because she may be new to she was new to me, and she may be new to you as well. Um, Lori Frankel grew up in Maryland, and now she lives in Seattle with her husband, her child, and a border collie. She stated in a recent NPR interview that her child, who was born a boy, is transitioning to a girl. And her child, I believe, is young, um, you know, maybe not the same age as, as Poppy in the story, but is, is a young child. Um, she's written two earlier novels, The Atlas of Love and Goodbye for Now. And Goodbye for Now is actually on board, but her other novel is not. All three of her novels have been optioned for TV or the movies. Her website mentions that she lives in a house situated on a nearly vertical hill. I thought that was kind of interesting. And that she makes good soup. So this is some personal information about her. Um, So, uh, you know, we thought we'd go around, of course, and see what everybody thought about the book. Um, One thing that I just wanted to mention before, before we get started is... That this is an issue that I know sometimes people have, you know, different opinions about. Um, some people have difficulty um, with the with the issue of trans transgender uh, individuals, and I guess you know I would like if people feel comfortable, um, you know, just you know comfortable to talk about. Uh, you know, whatever it is that they want to talk about. Um, I will tell you from personal experience, um, when I I grew up in, in uh, Long Island, which is like suburban, and there was not a lot of diversity where I lived. And when I moved into New York City, or actually when I first started coming to New York City, which probably was when I was in my early 20s maybe, to my mid-20s, um, at that time, I was not visually impaired, um, so my my eyesight was was regular, and you know it was it was a little bit. Um, it took me a while to get used to the idea that sometimes I would see women who kind of looked a lot like men. I mean, they they dressed like men. They'd have really short hair. Um, they didn't wear any makeup or any jewelry, and sometimes I'd see men who looked a lot like women, and it was a little unsettling. I mean, I'm pretty liberal, you know, and I don't have any personal, you know, problems with people, however they want to live their lives, but I think sometimes just the experience, if you're not used to it, can be, you know, it, it could take you a while to get used to it. So I just, you know, wanted everyone to feel comfortable um, if they had any difficulty, you know, with the issue that, you know, you're not alone. Many people, you know, sometimes have difficulty, you know, understanding um, if they if they didn't know, if they weren't always exposed to a lot of diversity, I guess, when they were younger. So anyway, I'll release the key and we'll see what everybody thought of the book. Well, I'll jump in. I love this book. I thought it was great. Uh, I, 
I like stories that deal with human relations anyway, and this one was just very well written, and all, all of the the interactions between the family members I just thought were just priceless. They just they just did a really good job of showing how families interact. I, I love the mother. I, I loved Penn and Rosie. I thought they were great parents, and uh, uh, I, I really felt for them. I, I feel for Lori Franklin because it, it is it is a very tough tough situation to to be in. But I, I just thought she just did such an excellent job of. Uh, pointing out the important things in in life for all of us uh, when we're trying to be accepting of other people and uh, uh, and, and I didn't get raised. I mean, I was raised in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, cited and uh, but but I guess the older I've gotten, the more liberal-minded I've gotten, and the more open and and empathetic I try to be. I mean, I was raised right at least, but. Uh, uh, but th- this book just did a very, very good job of of presenting what's got to be a very difficult subject, and 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 made it with enough humor, and enough uh, you know, poignancy, and enough uh, you know scary stuff in terms of you know oh, I can't believe that happened. That uh, uh, I, I just I, I just thought it was great, uh, and I'm recording too, so as a backup. So thanks. Yeah, I absolutely love this book, too. Um, I thought it was really well written, and the subject was really well handled. And it was interesting, like, when they moved, um, I think, to Seattle, I didn't really know what, you know, what do you do? Do you tell people? Do you announce it? Do you wait? And then, of course, they waited, and it kind of came back to bite them a bit. But, you know, they seemed to handle it fine. That would be a tough call. And I grew up in a really small town with absolutely no diversity in a small town in Indiana, of all places. And when I moved to Chicago after college, I was thrilled with the diversity. I didn't find it uncomfortable at all. I thought it was just awesome to have a lot of different types of people instead of just everybody being the same. Hi, this is Liz. Um, I loved the book, too. Um, I I did get most of it read, um, Sherry, (laughs) since I just started reading it yesterday. the thing, I, I just loved this family, and they were the perfect family to be raising a transgender child. I mean, they really, I fear for all of the transgender kids out there who are not growing up with such great families. Um, it's it's tragic, you know. And so it was wonderful that this family was there. And, you know, they struggled, and, and but they were always together. And I think that's what I liked as a, a, an example of how families can and should be um, when dealing with difficulties. And, you know, as several people pointed out through the stories, we're all different in different ways. And, um, you know, it's really all about supporting each other. And, and I, I really did love this book, too. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to hear so far that everybody really liked the book. Um, I absolutely love this book. I read it a couple of months ago, and... Um, I just thought it was terrific, um, and I had I had heard about this book when I was listening to an interview with the author. Um, she wasn't an author that I was familiar with at all, and but this, she just sounded so empathetic in the in the, uh, the discussion, and I thought, well, you know, let's give it a try. But I wasn't really sure what the book was was going to be like and it drew me in immediately it really did um i thought it was they were a terrific family i mean of course 
there were some issues. Um, you know, the oldest son, Rue, he wasn't thrilled when they moved from um, Wisconsin to Seattle because his life was going really well in Wisconsin. And then when he moved to Seattle, you know, it wasn't going as well. He wasn't going to be on the football team and he wasn't playing his musical stuff. Um, and um, But it was just, you know, even the community, like the, the family li- lived next door with the two daughters. I just thought everybody was really, really well portrayed in the story. Um, I, I found some of the medical stuff really interesting, you know, the, the way that they looked at this issue as a medical issue. I was not really familiar with hormone blockers at all, so I, I learned about them, and I thought that's a really tough decision. Um, you know, if, if you have a child... Um, there are there are different consequences if you have a horn if you take a hormone blocker it it stunts your development you know in a lot of different ways you know intellectually and and other ways as compared to the other children that their their maturation is going along as it should so i thought that was a really tough issue um to decide even though you know the mother was a doctor still you know it was it was it was a hard decision and i wasn't really sure um you know pen seemed so certain that that um you know poppy should you know, should go on that path, and the mother, I don't think, was was quite as certain. But I even loved when they went to Thailand, and they discovered the whole idea of like a middle gender, or a third gender, or um, I guess they call it non-binary female or non-binary male. Um, you know, these are all words that I think a lot of us are, are learning about now that maybe wasn't really in the, uh, you know, that people were talking about even, you know, just a few years ago. So I learned a lot from this book. I love the family, and um, it was just, it was really, it just drew me in from start to finish. I ended up reading the book a second time, and I loved it as much the second time as, as I did the first time. Yeah, hi, this is Jenny. I also love the book. Um, a lot of complex issues in here that... I'm reading the book again, and, you know, that hit me. Um, I think in San Diego we've always had a lot of diversity, but even so, I felt the attitudes changing so much, you know, over the last few years. Um, And I think I never actually expected to see same-sex marriage in my lifetime. So I've seen things come so far, and um, the family was... Almost, um, it was believable, but it was just such a wonderful family. The sensitivity, um, the humor, and, um, you know, the just the thoughtfulness of the family. And um, I remember when Rue got into the fight, and they said, why did, you know, because someone had called him gay. And the whole conversation that ensued from that, well, shouldn't you be um, tolerant of that? And he said, no, I was, I was hitting out against the homophobia. And they said, well, you can't really... You can't, you know, get, you can't fight with everyone who's uh, homophobic. There were so many issues in the book, like Michelle was saying, the medical issues. But at the end of it, I, I think sometimes when people write novels, oftentimes you'll see some of the darker threads of a family. This was a, you know, maybe it's easier to write about dysfunction. There's more conflict. This is a wonderful and very believable um, family. I really enjoyed it as well, um, same as everybody else. It's not a book or an author I'd heard of before. 
and um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I liked the family and the other boys, the other characters in it were really good as well. Um, and the, the decisions the family had to make were really hard. I mean, when they moved, uh, when they moved away, and the effects it had on the older boy, it was tragic. They almost sort of sacrificed the happiness of the elder boy to um, to help the younger one. And um, also, I enjoyed the bits in Thailand as well. Um, you know, apart from the main story to do with all the medical differences in the hospital. Um, her being the doctor in America and then going over there and not having any oxygen, no x-ray machines, nothing at all. It was, uh, it was very interesting. And um, it, well, I, I just really thought it was a, a very thought-provoking book. It did make you think. Um, it's a lot more progressive over there than it is here. Um, I, I, I dread to think how that, how, how that would have gone in, in the town I live. I don't think it would have been as accepting. Um, but it was it was a very thought-provoking book and I was glad to read it and I look forward to reading her other one now. I also loved this book. I got so caught up in it. Um, I felt like I was in their family and that I had the child. And what would I do um, to try to make this child's life happy as they wanted um poppy to be and uh, I just loved it it was it was just I learned a great deal from it too um, all of the issues and and I loved the family um, I guess I felt like I wanted to be a member of that family and um, and Thailand I mean you hear about such trafficking of kids in Thailand and yet there was none of that where they were and um, that we knew about anyway and uh, and the willingness to work and they had Poppy Claude working too and teaching the kids and I, I thought that was so precious and um, what can I say? I just really, really love this book. And I like the way it ended, too. Because I worried right along with them, right throughout the book. I mean, what would I do if this was the, the, the situation I was in? Um, I grew up in a very, um, well, my, I remember when my grandmother said, live and let live and that was such a, a, a lesson for me to learn um, I've known people that were gay and I've known all kinds of different people and basically we're the same, we're people I like the end too, although I would have loved an epilogue, I heard an interview with the author who said that she deliberately didn't write an epilogue and I can kind of see why she wanted you to be left in the dark the same way the family was in terms of how things were going to turn out. But I still would have liked an epilogue. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is that the kindergartners, when they were told they could ask a question, the only thing somebody asked, I think, was some innocuous question about hair, I believe, if I remember right. But then by like the third or fourth grade, kids were already 
well immersed in their sex roles. And I also thought it was interesting that one of the boys, I forget which one, was wearing a third eye patch above his eyes to school and like a sounded like a Spider-Man kind of costume with webbed feet. No one cared about that, but boy, if you have a boy put on a dress, that's a whole different can of worms that opens up. And lastly, um, living in they lived in Madison, Wisconsin, which is quite liberal, certainly the most liberal place in Wisconsin. And I understand that she was upset because of that university student who was murdered, who was trans. But I don't think that Seattle is probably, I mean, Seattle is certainly very, very liberal too, but I, I don't think they would have really had to have moved. And I kind of wondered, that's probably the only thing I would probably think that maybe they should have stayed put. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the reason why they moved was because it, it was an accumulation of, of incidents. There was also the incident with the father of of the classmate of Poppy, um, the one who had the gun, and the mother was getting her nails done, and then she came home just in time. Um, and I think that they thought, you know, and that, and I think when the mother, uh, you know, saw the... Um, the, the person who had been shot in the hospital, I think it just made her start thinking that as her child got older, that that the child might be in more and more dangerous kind of situations and that they were better off having a fresh start and having everybody think that Poppy had been born female. Um, and I thought that was a pretty big burden to put on the children. I, I, I really did. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me when Ben, I guess, was the one who told um, his, the girl who lived next door, uh, you know, the truth, the secret that, that the family had. And I thought that that's a pretty tough secret to have kept for all the years. Um, and that's what I kind of liked about the book was you sort of feel, you know, felt their way through life, like the way that these people were actually living their lives. But I did kind of, I, I wasn't really sure what the right answer was. I mean, I think that she tried to... Um, show us different paths. I mean, you know, the way that the mother was kind of looking at this sort of, um, you know, one way and the father, he was so interested in fairy tales and I guess he thought, you know, he could somehow magically, you know, put this child on the right path, almost like in, in a fairy tale that, you know, everything would come out okay. Um, but also the burden that they have to put on on all the really young boys, I mean they were they were young to have put that secret on them, and I, I don't know how realistic it was that they could keep the secret for for so many years. I mean I thought it was pretty amazing that they kept the secret for five years, um, and I thought it was really lucky that they ended up going to Thailand and getting a different perspective, but also having a break I think from what was going on and and kind of getting out of that situation. Um, so I I don't really know much about Matt. Madison, Wisconsin. I mean, I, I assume that it is liberal, as, as Seattle is probably pretty liberal too. But I think they just wanted a fresh start. Um, and the thing about the the, I think it was one of the twin boys that used to walk around with costumes and stuff like that. But that's not like a, it's not a female male kind of role. It's just something that kids do. They get dressed up, and you know, maybe some kids think it's a little too much. But it's not the same thing. I mean, I think it, it would be startling, you know. It, for a child to go to school with somebody and then find out that the person was a different sex. And um, 
And I think that there there are issues that some parents have, you know, about which bathroom they should use, and they went into that into the book too, how um, Poppy was using the bathroom in the the nurse's office. So there, there's a lot, a lot of issues that that I thought w- was really well brought up in the story. But I wasn't really sure when I finished the book. Um, I, I tended to agree more, I think, with Rosie than with Penn. I thought that it wasn't really right to make the decision for um, for Poppy and put the child on hormone blockers at such a young age. I thought that, he, I understood that, you know, like, that maybe, you know, Poppy would be six foot two and, you know, have a beard and whatever. I understood that issue. But I also thought, I don't know if you can make a decision when somebody's 10 or 11 years old for the rest of their life. So it, it was very good, the book. It was. It made you think. It was very complicated. And I don't, I don't really think there was a right or wrong answer. And I think she did the right thing by leaving the story open-ended so that everybody could you know, think for themselves, I think, what, what they would do in this situation. Well, this is Jenny. Um, I agree with a lot of, that has been said here. I talked to a friend of mine who was gay briefly, and I was thinking about that critical decision when they decided whether to keep this private or less private, and they went completely private. And um, my friend just said, well, at an early age, it's later on when it gets a little more complicated. But he said a very interesting thing, and he said, in most cases, why is it relevant for us to know someone's sexuality, you know? And so it's mostly like Joni was saying, we're people. And is our sexuality something that is relevant in most situations that for people to know about? Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, I don't ever recall people talking about, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm straight and, and I have a vagina or I have a penis. I, those kind of, why do we need to know if somebody has a difference? It's, it's, unless you have, it's kind of a need to know thing. But I think the thing that struck me is is how much schools have changed since I was in school. I can't ever remember anything like this. I can't imagine that they had any kinds of procedures in place for if a child was transgender or d- different in any way. Um, so <laughs> it was a little bit of a culture shock since I've not had children in, in the school at all. But it's, you know, so my only experience is when I was there. So it's just things have moved along, and I think people's awareness has really increased quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 too, agree with Rosie in that I don't think that parents have the right to make those kinds of decisions and how can you ask a 10-year-old child if they want to start taking hormone blockers? I mean, how does a child make that decision? Um, So, no easy answers here. I didn't realize the hormone blockers had side effects. I had read a nonfiction book about a family in Maine that had a similar, there were twin boys and one insisted he was not a he. And I believe they did the hormone blockers at around that age. But I thought they would take them for a few years and they would, I forget when you start taking the hormones you need to take to transition. I forget how legally that works. And my other point was, as you were saying about schools today, I can't even imagine in my school back when I was in high school, you didn't even want to be gay. I mean, you had Eddie Murphy making jokes about it on an album called Delirious and everybody was you know it was the beginning of the AIDS thing and everybody figured well that was God or something and um, then my last point was just simply that 
I wondered what the kids in the high schools and middle schools think. I mean, they're the ones who have to, you know, if, if the person goes to the bathroom of the gender they think they are, it's the kids in that bathroom who really have to deal with it, not the ad- teachers and adults who have their own facilities. I just wondered, nobody has talked about what the people, the, you know, the, these people's peer group say. I know the Trump administration was trying to take down some of the Obama rules about all of this because it was very heated in the news last year. And I think... On, on a different note, but related, Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning, the, the the trans man who had spied, and I don't know what his rationale was, but these issues all seem to be somehow interconnected. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really interesting to me because I'd say in in the last what thirty years, twenty years, or something, you know, I you know, I can think back like when I was in high school, I had a, I was friends with a this guy that was in my class and we all knew that he was gay but you know nobody ever said anything to him and nobody you know he never said it and it just wasn't a comfortable place that people actually came out and said what what they were and I would think a situation where somebody was transgender would be even more complicated than that situation and one of the things that honestly I never really thought about was the whole idea of sort of um, a middle sex where somebody is kind of half one and half the other and doesn't really have all the operations and surgery but they um, identify with the other sex but they don't completely transition over to the other sex and I think that's something that you know she talked about a little bit in the book but really uh, people don't even talk about that and I think that was more comfortable in Thailand and the bathroom situation actually is a really complicated situation and nowadays um they have like family restrooms, which I think is a great idea because if you're a father and you're with your daughter, your young daughter, I mean, do you want to take her, you can't take her into the men's room and you can't send her off into the women's room. And if you're a mother and you have your young son, I mean, I've certainly been in the bathroom many times where mothers bring in their young sons, but if their son is like 10 or something, you you don't necessarily want to send them into the men's room, but on the other hand, you don't want them to go into the women's room. So um, now I actually went not that long ago to a bathroom in a restaurant, and I did not realize it, but it was a unisex bathroom. And not unisex like one stall. The whole bathroom was unisex. So I walked in. There were men. There were women. <laughs> there were no urinals, but the, there were stalls. And I, I had never been in a situation like this. I thought, that's interesting. I didn't realize there was a unisex bathroom situation so I think you know people are kind of evolving a lot with the, with these kind of issues and um, you know they're trying to figure out all the different situations that, that actually exist a lot of times. Well th- thank goodness for that because people are it's high time people evolve on some of this stuff. That whole mess about all the bathroom stuff with, with transgenders and stuff. Talk about blowing a bunch of mess out of proportion. I never really... Get politicians involved, and they can just make a mess of anything. I got so fed up with the whole thing, and I'm just amazed at how people can make such a mountain out of a bunch of nothing. I mean, really? I mean, I, I mean, I, I guarantee most guys don't care if women come into their bathrooms and stuff. So, you know, uh, and, and I know everybody's different, and I understand about this, but... Uh, I, 
I, I just got so tired of North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina was the state where where they were acting like a bunch of uh, backward uh, uh, idiots. But uh, anyway, sorry if anybody here is from North Carolina. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's we're, we're high time past getting some of this stuff. Getting past some of this stuff. You know, some of, and I thought she also did a lot of the secondary characters really interesting. Um, the grandmother, I think it was the mother's mother, she was pretty evolved, I thought, and pretty supportive. I really liked her. And then that school official who was trying to guide them sort of in the beginning and tell them, oh, you know, you're so lucky that you have a transgender child and what an adventure you're on and whatever. And I thought that was, you know, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I thought all these, you know, it, it's a complicated issue and and obviously the more support that you can have you know the better um and and i agree i know somebody mentioned earlier you know that this was a good family to to have you know the situation that in a different circumstance it could really be horrendous and i know i've heard many many times you know the the statistics on on suicide you know if if this is the situation a lot of times it's a very very high really high number of of uh, children that attempt or, or you know God forbid, commit suicide. Who are in these kind of situations? So it's a really, really serious issue, um, and it's. Um, I mean, I, I struggle with it a little bit. I don't think I a hundred percent understand the issue, but um, you know. But I, I would, you know, I try to be open-minded and try to understand it, I guess, as best as I can. And hopefully, you know, as society goes along, um, you know people will just become a little bit more evolved about about all these issues. Yeah, I, I hear uh, memes on Facebook. I saw a meme. It's just be kind. And that's really all that we have to do. We don't have to understand differences. We don't have to necessarily agree with them. But we do need to be kind. Um, it's, it's, you know, the... the, the, the Nicholas guy, Nicholas's father, it just... you. you I don't understand that. There's no reason why you have to go out of your way to be mean and nasty and potentially, you know, threatening just because you don't like somebody or you don't you don't understand something about them that's different. Um, you know, I, I think that probably most of the people in this room can relate at some, some level to being treated just very unkindly because you're different from what people are used to being around and uh, just, just be kind that's all we have to do exactly uh the social worker that that uh rosie worked with back in in madison i, I really liked him he, he he was a little over the top but he was he was awfully funny and awfully well written but uh uh and and i loved pen i thought pen was great i mean uh all that we all could be raised by by a father like that i mean that storytelling he did i i just thought that was just so imaginative and, and and so well done and, and you know I, I, that that was just what I really loved all the interaction between the the parents and their kids in this book because you know she made them all quirky enough that it just it, it kept everything flowing and kept everything interesting it just it was just so well done yeah I'm glad you mentioned that guy I liked him too and and yeah Michelle I really liked Rosie's mom too I thought she was a really good side character very supportive and helpful and giving advice and helping out and stuff. As far as the bathroom issue goes, as much as I'm 100% supportive of trans people, if I were in a high school and there was a trans guy that used the women's bathroom, I would have no problem with it. 
But right now, if I went to a public bathroom in the airport and I was by myself and the only other person in there was a man, I would feel uncomfortable. Now, if I knew he was trans, I'd be okay. But if I didn't know for sure, I probably would leave. And um, that's probably just me, and I'm probably super cautious because I used to, you know, work in women's crisis and stuff. But I, I would, I would be uncomfortable with that. But I would never support a law, you know, dictating what bathrooms to use. But I must say, myself personally, it would have to be a crowded bathroom before I'd feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the story, when they were in Thailand, they had three different options for bathrooms. They had the women the men's, and then they had a bathroom that had a sign on it, which was half male and half female. And I actually thought that wasn't a bad solution. Um, I would imagine um, that's, that some a man who was transgender who was using a woman's restroom would probably look very female, because I think if 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 the person looked more male than female, I would imagine that that person would go into the men's room. So I don't know how easy it would be to tell unless you looked really closely that this was a transgender person. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't see well enough at this point really to look that closely. So to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know anyway. Um, and I will say that the scene that broke my heart in this story was when, um, the secret was exposed and um, Rosie went into um, Poppy's room and Poppy had shaved all of her, you know, beautiful long hair off and was just sitting there, you know, just so grief stricken. And I thought to myself, you know, a 10 year old child to be that upset, to be that devastated, to have to deal with the whole community, knowing your secret, you know, what they say, like what's in your underwear, you know, it's not really anybody's business, you know, what what's there. Um, that scene really just absolutely broke my heart when when I read that. It was it was just so so devastating. I think the scene that broke my heart was when they all trooped into the bedroom in the middle of the night to confess that they'd been the ones to break the secret, and I thought that was very very sad. Um, I couldn't decide whether I agreed with them keeping it a secret all that time, not because I think anybody's got a right to know, um, but it had to. It had to come out sooner or later, and I did wonder if it might have been easier to deal with when the kids were at, at an age of five rather than later on when they were older. So I, I wasn't sure whether I agreed with that, but, you know, being the parents, you could see how they were trying to do their best. And I did like the way I agreed with both parents at different times, um, although they had different points of view. I did agree with both of them at, at different times. And it was a very, very difficult decision, you know, uh, but I, I wasn't sure that I would agree with what, what the one that they came to. And um, as far as the toilets go, I would opt for stalls now, I think, because here um, we've got the problem of that the, the men who dress as women don't want to go in one, the same one as the women that dress as men. So they're asking now for four different types and I think really the time's come just to scrap it all and just have one bathroom with lots of stalls in it would make it easier for everybody yeah and that, that makes sense I, I, I didn't mean to go off like a raven lunatic because uh, uh, I, I, I certainly don't want people doing anything that's going to make them feel uncomfortable I just don't want people to be biased and, and to think oh well this whole transgender thing is a bunch of nonsense and so 
you know, if you're born a boy, you just always need to use the boys' restroom. That's the kind of stuff I don't, that I'm against. But yeah, I realize there are issues, especially for, I mean, certain women if they're if, if they're not comfortable with with men being in the room in the, in the restroom. I can certainly understand that. So yeah, that, that, that whole thing about the the, the secret and when to, uh, I, I, I just cannot imagine the burden that has to dealing with something like that would be because. Uh, I mean, you can you can have the best of intentions, you can be doing all the right stuff, but you got to deal with people, and people can just be real idiots at times and stuff. So it, it, it's not an easy decision to make on when the best time to tell is. So I don't know. I, it, you know she just did a really good job of presenting all the issues, and I like the way they did the ending too because uh, 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 you, you can't really give any kind of – uh, a pad ending in a, in a story like this. Uh, I, I thought it was she handled it just right. One thing I cheered at the end practically was when that boy Jake asked Poppy to dance. I thought that was just so incredibly. It's like yes, you just wanted to stand up and cheer because he really, you know, even though he was kind of a jerk, he didn't mean to be a jerk, and he recognized that and was sorry for it. And I really liked that. I was just wondering. If any of you think this author might, on her website in a couple of years, let people know how everything goes, or will she write one last story, or this is all we get to see? Um, you never know. Um, it really is none of our business unless she wants it to be. And um, but but the part that I wanted to refer to was at the very end when she and I think her name was Aggie get together and they realize that they're they're really best, 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 best friends. Oh, I just thought that was so good. Yeah, I, I liked I, I really loved when she and Aggie made up and, and really, you know, understood that they really were such close friends and, and Aggie had her own little secret that she shared with with Poppy as well. Um and I did like when the boy came over to ask her to dance. I, you know, I didn't really know if that would happen in real life. That 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 was the thing. I said to myself, it's so lovely, but I just don't know that any young boy would have that kind of courage to come over. So I really, really applauded it. Um, and I, I really don't know that there was ever really a right time to, to tell the secret. Um, you know, in the beginning, they, they accidentally told their neighbor, and then they decided, you know, not to share it with their the neighbor's children, they, they decided not to share it. The mother came over and said, we're not going to share it with our children. And then they decided to keep everything a secret. Um, and I, I just don't know that there was ever really a right time. I don't know if it was when they when Poppy was five. I don't know if it was when Poppy was older. I just don't, I don't think there was, there's really an answer. Um, and the other thing I guess I wondered is um, what David is saying, you know, wh- what's going to happen to this family, um, you know, what what is the outcome of this story? What do you all have any thoughts? Like how you think that everything's going to work out in the end? Well, I, I have a question. I don't have an answer for that, uh, but uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, the, the friend that they got so mad when when she had never told her about uh, 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 the situation that Poppy was dealing with. 
and and then had acted like she had been up front about pulling those pull-ups on all the time, and she never really told her friend either. You know, she didn't tell her until that moment. I thought that was kind of interesting. And I don't remember, you know, Jake that, that asked her to dance there at the end. I got a little confused because I, I don't remember what he did. Was he just one of the kids that were kind of mean when the – when they were talking that first, when the word got out, was did he just say something ugly to her? Uh, I, I didn't remember that. I was confusing him with the with the son of the uh, of the man that pulled the gun on. But I know that he was back in Madison, so uh, uh, I was hard, having a hard time placing Jake. So maybe y'all could straighten me out on that. Yeah, I noticed that too, Alan. That Aggie had a lot of nerve, you know, yelling at Poppy for not telling her secret when she hadn't really told her secret before that point either. Um, Jake and one of some other girl in Poppy's class were teasing her when she was, I think she was in like a coat closet or something. And they were just saying really ugly things to her. And I don't remember for sure, but I think that was before the secret came out and there were just rumors of it. And I'm, I'm not sure, but in any case, he was mean along with this other girl. And then I think once he found out that she was trans, he apparently you know, living in a nice liberal city with probably liberal parents, he was accepting of that. You know, going back to an earlier part in the story, one character that I never really liked was the, was it the kindergarten teacher, I guess? It wasn't the first grade, it was the kindergarten teacher. I just thought she just, you know, she could have made things a lot easier, and she just really you know, was sort of getting in the way of everything. And and I thought that, you know, she was trying to show that sometimes in classrooms, you know, you know, teachers maybe don't always help out and, and, and in a way maybe could even make the situation a little bit worse because I guess Poppy didn't always know which side to go on, you know, male or female or, or, or you know, and it was, I don't know, I just didn't really think the teacher really particularly handled handled that situation uh you know well at all no she was a real turd that was the one that told her not to, not to bring peanut butter for sandwiches and stuff and then didn't have any any uh explanation for any of it and, and you could tell she had she had made a decision about uh uh whether this was normal or not and 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 fell on the side of rejection it seemed like so uh, uh yeah I, I didn't care for her at all i did like the scene as well at the beginning of the book fairly early on as well when um, Penn was just getting the five of them ready for bed and the description, <laughs> just the idea of getting five children ready for bed when he had to... Sorry, uh, Shell, did you finish your comment? Because it seemed like you... Uh... Yeah, I thought you got cut off there, Shell. Sorry, I was just saying that how much I enjoyed the description of Penn when he was getting the five children ready for bed at the beginning. And he had all the pyjamas on the wrong ones, bottoms on one and tops on another and getting them all slinked to eat and in the end he described it as a successful bedtime and I just I really enjoyed just the description of of what it was like to have five children to get ready for bed I have to tell you Shell that I absolutely love listening to you talk you're I'm sure we all sound like we have accents to you as well but your accent is just lovely so it's really a your comments are very incisive but I I really like listening to you to you talk as well and he he was a really good dad I thought Penn he was really really supportive um and and they had a you know I guess they had a little bit of an unconventional marriage um but it worked. I mean, it worked really well for, for both of them. I, I, I thought, you know, together they were, 
yin and yang a little bit and whatever and they really seem to to really care about about each other and it is you know it's hard to have that many that many kids in the house um there's a lot going on and everybody has their own you know stuff that 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 they're dealing with and and it's um it's hard it's it's a hard thing to manage that that many kids that's for sure i think that the um that the yeah um i'm sorry (laughs) i'm not speaking very well tonight um but Penn and Rosie made a wonderful couple, and you kind of knew that from the very beginning when she was in her residency and, and Penn would spend the night in the waiting room doing his writing and how even it occurred to her after they had the kids that, that he that was really good training for him because he could be awake when she had to be at work. And it, it just, it, I mean, it would be lovely to be in that kind of, total relationship where I, you can tell they worked together as a team very well for most of the time. Yeah, I mean he was sitting in the waiting room when she was on her shifts in the hospital and I just thought, wow, that's that's pretty amazing definitely. Um, I always have a really hard time with fairy tales. I, I just don't get them most of the time. Did, did you all like the story about Grumwald and Princess Stephanie or did you find it distracting at all? Well, first, I'd like to say I agree with Shell. I thought some of the descriptions of their family life were very funny. Um, the boys were all pretty boisterous and outgoing and sounded like they would be a real handful to handle. Um, I had mixed feelings about the fairy tale. I thought it was a really nice plot device, and it was really neat that the dad worked you know, stories in that would help the boys grow up. And he was a writer, so it really fit. So it didn't really bother me that much. I didn't think it was overdone. Well, it kind of bothered me. I thought, you know, what is the relevance to this? I know that he was trying to teach them moral lessons and teach them all kinds of lessons. But then, of course, when it all came together and he published the, had the uh, book published, and, I mean, that was the best part, one of the best parts of the book. Um, But I couldn't exactly get the point. Um, and I was a little bit bored through some of that stuff because I didn't, I didn't quite get it either. But um, it turned out to be a plus for him and for the family and for everyone. So that was great. Yeah, this is Jenny. I um, at first I found the scenes with the fairy tale scenes a little tedious. But on second reading, um, again, I thought, what a wonderful way for the dad to kind of, um, you know, talk about things without, you know, beating everybody over the head about them, you know, more subtle. And um, I, I really enjoyed them the second time. Um, they were, I think one of the things about the book is that is unusual is the entertaining quality of the book. I mean, there was a lot of humor. The dialogue was really sharp. And uh, the pace was really good. You know, another thing that I thought was really well done was when um, Rosie changed jobs. When she was in um, Madison, she worked, I guess, in in an emergency room. And it sounded like they were very supportive of her uh, situation at home. But then when she went to Seattle and she was in private practice... They put a lot of, uh, you know, extra responsibilities on her, and she didn't have the flexibility, I guess, that she had in the hospital setting. And you know, as having five children, I mean, that's that's a lot of a lot of stuff that that 
is going on and a lot of stuff to, to be taken care of. And I thought that was really interesting. I mean, I guess it was a good plot device because it got her and Poppy to Thailand. So it was a good way for them to, to actually get there. And I love the parts of the story that were in Thailand. I just thought it was, you know, tremendous how they actually got to where they had to go and how Poppy was actually teaching English to the children and and all the um, the, the creative ways that Rosie had to to employ when she was treating the patients and all the you know they would be walking you know for three days from another village and when they got there they had very very little supplies and at one point she took her ear and she put it on the patient's chest you know to listen to to see if she could hear any abnormalities you know in the in the heart and I just thought that was just extraordinary you know you could really picture all of this going on but I thought she did really well describing what it's like to go from you know a situation where they really are supportive of your your situation at home to one where you know they're not and and they're you know they want their practice to have a certain image and 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 they put a lot of demands and even though they say they're going to allow you flexibility they really don't so I, I thought she did that really well as well yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with the fairy tale. I mean, because obviously, I mean, he was a writer and stuff, and uh, and obviously there was, you know, he was trying to convey lessons to to his family and stuff with that. So I didn't have any problem. And I, and I thought she just did a really good job. The, the author just did an excellent job. I mean, I know some people don't like to, to, you know, for sex to be in books and stuff. She just handled it so well. Didn't make anything dirty or or, or cheesy or over the top or anything. But you could just tell they had a really good sex life, and I thought the way she presented those scenes was just very well done. And uh, uh, it, it's nice to it's nice to see that, and uh, uh, for for an author to write it and make it real and stuff. So I appreciated that. Yeah, I thought that was really funny too. It's sort of like what Shell said about how he handled putting the boys to bed with humor. She also did handle. She had some humor in the sex scenes, and it was actually pretty funny, and it did seem realistic. It didn't seem gratuitous or anything. Those were really nice. I wasn't going to read the book, but uh, I found it really engrossing and uh, very good uh, done, uh, uh, very realistic. Don, you're going to have to get closer to the mic or something. We can't hear you. I'll pass on. But anyway, I did enjoy the book. I think what I heard was Don said that he liked the book, he enjoyed reading it, and he thought that it was very well done and very realistic. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the bits in Thailand as well. They were some of my favorite parts. And um, I agree with Ginny about the fairy tales. I, they did annoy me to start with, and I thought, oh, no. But as it went on, I enjoyed them more and more, and I could see the point of them. And it was nice to have it running through the book from the beginning to the end. She did use a few of those tactics, like the way she kept saying um, to all the different characters, don't say ass, don't say ass, all the way through. And uh, it was, it, she, she used lots of those little things that were running through the entire book, um, and it really brought everything together. I think she's a very clever, clever author. Um, I don't know why she's not more well-known, really. Yeah, this is Jenny. Um, I was going to say, there's so many um, issues in the book. For example... Um, when you talk about things, um, role reversal of their marriage, of course, which kind of was um, turning things around as a little bit with, um, you know, with the main character, but I, with uh, Poppy. But I also thought that there was a lot, she fit in so many issues. I remember when they were talking about, I think you pronounce it hegemony, 
something like that. And they were discussing, you know, uh, about women's place in the world and how normally men have been in power. And, um, you know, that was a surprise to Poppy. And um, it was so many little subtle issues were just put in there, woven into the whole tapestry of the book. It was really admirable. And these kids were all extremely bright, and um, they seemed really to be really nice kids. And even though they were, I mean, they were kids. So they had their ups and downs, as we all do. And um, But Penn and Rose really handled the, each little crisis extremely well. And when you have kids, sometimes you just don't know what to do with them or about them or whatever. And I also love that scene where Ben was talking to, to Poppy. Uh, that, that that was just so well done. I mean, you had an older brother here, and, and you know, and obviously he he was way smart. I mean, a, a lot smarter than his peers and stuff. So, I mean, he knew what it was like to be different and stuff. And he was sitting there having a heart to heart with her. And I I just thought that was so well done. That, that I thought that was a great scene. I wanted to mention before I forgot that after I read this, I immediately went out and downloaded her other book that was on Bard, even though I. I don't even remember what the annotation said. It wasn't anything that I would have downloaded before I read this author. And then when I went out and got the annotation for Liz, I saw that there were now two other books by her out there, so they must have added one. So um, hopefully her other two books will be as good as this one. Just a a very much of a sidelight here, but uh, her name is Frankel. My mother's maiden name was Frankel. I did think that a, a surprise that when I was younger, nobody would have ever let any of my brothers wear dresses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was startling in the beginning when um, Poppy decided to wear a pink bikini to the swimming pool, and I think the grandmother was there, and she was like, you know, she let her pick out whatever, whatever, but at that time... I think they were still in Wisconsin, and everybody knew that Poppy had been born a boy. So I, I could see how that would be startling. I mean, it, it really is. I think as um, you know, as Liz says, everybody really wants to be kind, but I mean, sometimes people are startled a little bit, and they have to, you know, just not like she said, not necessarily to understand it, but just try to be kind and, and be accepting. But it is, it, it would be, I mean, you know, when I was younger, if I would have seen a boy dressed in a pink bikini, I think I would have thought that was very startling. Um, so it is, you know, it's 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 good that people talk about these issues. And, and um, it seems like from her own experience, she had has a child who was born a boy who's transitioning to a girl. So she clearly understands you know all the the emotional issues and 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 everything that's that's going on here but you know besides understanding it i thought she just did a great job of explaining it and portraying it and demonstrating you know under the best circumstances which really these were you know the best circumstances as you can imagine for a family uh, even under those circumstances that there's a lot of things that that you have to consider and deal with so i i really just absolutely i was surprised how much i really love this book but i i i really do and i'm glad to hear that you know that everybody else enjoyed it as well 
Uh, Sherry, let me jump in here and just ask Don, uh, give him a quick question. Uh, Don, I had a list of historic fiction books that I sent you. Can you send them back if you still have them? I um, don't anymore. And for the, this group, um, Don wanted me to host his thing uh, in December, so I don't mean to jump off topic. It's just he happened to be here tonight. That that's fine. It, no no problem at all. And actually, you know what? I, this probably would be a good time to just mention um, the next book that we'll we'll be discussing, which is David's book. Um, so the next time that we'll be meeting is Friday, December 1st, which is the very first Friday, the very first day in December. And um, David will be here. And um, he he wrote, I thought, an extraordinary, I guess I would call it a, a memoir. It's so interesting to me because since I was a young person, not my whole life, but for a lot of my life I've kept a diary. And I can't imagine turning my diary into a book. I mean, I'm just absolutely amazed at, at how David did this. And um, it's just, it's so wonderful to read, you know, all about his experiences and his thoughts. And um, it's organized really well. And um, it's, it's just, I thought it was just an extraordinary book. It was very, very moving and touching to me. Um, so the book is, um, it's available on Bookshare and hopefully one day will be available on Bard. And it's called Across Two Novembers, A Year in the Life of a Blind Bibliophile. And um, David, I don't know if you'd like to mention anything about the book at all? I think what I'll tell you is that writing this way is tricky because you have to edit. My opening quote, which was from Voltaire, said that everything said should be true, but not everything true should be said. So that's letting you know I'm giving you a look into my life. I'm not holding an open house. It's it's a journal. I'll t- the introduction tells you how I came about writing it. I spoke not too long ago with the radio reading service in New Orleans. They will read it live on air. I'll have to send you the website and the dates if anybody wants to listen to a little bit of that. That's the only audio version at the moment that it will exist, and that's not going to happen until early next year. If people want Bard to do it, I would humbly suggest perhaps they let the Library of Congress um, you know, let the appropriate people, I think it's Judith Dixon, know that I um, have something out here. I've gotten many reviews. I don't know if they're the kinds of reviews Bard would take, but if people really liked it enough, I certainly wouldn't object if they let NLS know. And I'll very much forward and knock on wood this computer behaves. And I'll look forward to December 1st. And David, I will send that great list of... Uh historical fiction to you and uh, we will be on Tuesday night with uh, uh, a Journey Through History and uh, it's a book by uh, the NPR correspondent uh, uh, Steve Inskeep and it's called Jackson Land so hope the people will show up for it. I just put it on my thumb drive so I can kind of skim over it so I can come and be semi-coherent Tuesday. And for Worlds of Books, which meets the third Tuesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern, we will be discussing Pandora's Clock by John J. Nance. I don't know the DB number. And the second Sunday of the month, which will be, oh, I forget. Anyway, at 5 o'clock, 
please, please come into my banquet of books where you can find all manner of interesting things that people have been reading, that they've liked, that they haven't liked, etc., etc. Mostly, we hear about what people have liked, and I think people have a good time in my banquet. Yes, I'm. I'm so glad that everybody mentioned the books that that you know to be discussed at at, at different book groups. Um, and thank you. I just want to thank everybody for coming. Um, I really, I, you know, I really wasn't sure. I I love this book so much, but I said to myself, I hope other people like it because sometimes when I like a book, I just don't know if it's just me that likes the book or if other people are going to like the book. So I was really, really happy when Sherry read the book and she told me that she really liked it. I said, okay, at least it's not just me who liked the book. So I'm, I'm very gratified and, and I'm really, really happy. And, and I really hope that, that you all have a chance to read David's book because I absolutely, I read it once and I'm going to read it again. And it's just, it's a fantastic book. Uh, there's so much in it that you'll identify with and um and you know you'll learn some things as well and um it's if anybody's interested in the time i know it's about 16 hours on bookshare so you know it's not the longest book it's not the shortest book and it's the kind of book that i think you can he divides it up by month so if you want to read you know each day to read one month you might want to read it that way or you could just read the whole thing straight through however you know however you like to do it i know some people read i tend to read multiple books at the same time some people just read one book at a time so whatever whatever works for you but thank you so much everybody for coming it was a really nice discussion and